welcome welcome back to Eyewitness Beauty, the podcast where we talk about the biggest stories in the beauty industry each four to six months. Um, no, it's going to be weekly again. I'm Nick Axelrod-Welk, joined as always by Diamond Creek Bomb, who I think due to my constant razzing has taken up residence in Japan. Hi! <laughs> This is a bit of a lag because, like you said, I'm in Japan. The time difference is wild. I know, I'm in bed. I need to take out my contacts before I go to sleep right after we record this, so don't let me forget. But hold on, but you've also been in Japan, f- like, for three weeks and you're there for another two? Like, you're there for a long time. Instagram would have you think that, but I think it's just because my content is getting a little stale, so it feels like I've been here longer I've been here for like... I'm like, oh, another temple. I've been here for like two and a half weeks. That is amazing. I wish I could go anywhere for two and a half weeks. I've never been anywhere for two and a half weeks. Well, I probably could only do Tokyo for two and a half weeks because there's so much to do here. Oh my God. We have so much to catch up on. Our summer break turned out to be a few weeks longer than we expected um, because you became a world traveler. Hold on. Well, no. I was going to say... No, I'm blaming it on on you. No, I I was going to say I want to give you the floor and say whatever um, you are comfortable with sharing because I feel like you've had kind of a crazy few months. Yeah. Oh, God. Where to to begin, readers? So we got unceremoniously kicked out of our old house, and we had like six weeks to find a new house. I found a new house for us, and then on the second day of being in our new house, our dog got out, radish, little tiny radish, and she was hit by a car and died. And then, like, four days later, we went on Casey, Casey, my husband's 40th birthday party in Canada, and then we came home, and Casey had COVID, and then two days later, I had COVID, and then two days later, Evie got COVID, (laughs) And we had no help for like the full 12 days. And the, the only funny thing about that is I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to call HR and I'm going to, I'm my, my HR at work and I'm going to tell them, you know, uh, we, we have COVID and we don't have childcare and we don't have help. So it's going to be hard for me to like, you know, work as, and watch. And he was like, you th- this is, we're three and a half years into the pandemic. <laughs> He was like, you think that this is like news to anyone that like it's hard when you have COVID? I was like, no, no, I'm just going to tell them that, you know, like it's like, I don't know how you could, I have to take care of kids and work. And he was like, that's literally what every single parent had to do during COVID. I was like, okay, so I'm not going to, I'm not going to report myself to HR. (sighs) Um, But then, you know what, now we are coming out of it, uh, coming out of it the proverbial it, um, we ended up in a much more amazing house in uh, Beverly Hills post office, which very funnily enough is not the city of Beverly Hills. They call it Beverly Hills post office because your zip code is 90210, but you don't... And the other big... Yeah, what what are the pitter-patters that I'm hearing in the background? Speak of the devil... We rescued a standard poodle. We said, you know what? We loved Radish. She's She was a poodle, and she can never be replaced. 
but we love we want to we want to sort of do like an XL version of radish, and so we found a standard poodle rescue to, who um, is named Jean. She's black and white like a cookie, and she is two and a half years old, and she's obsessed with me in like a sick single white female way. Like I don't know whether like it's she's obsessed with me. What she's wearing mini Uggs and like using a crack pot. <laughs> No, but Casey's like he's never felt competition like this in the house. Like for me, like for my attention. Aww. Yeah, so she's an amazing addition. We have an urn that on Instagram, this girl, I make your dog. I think it's I think that's her Instagram. Um, she's a ceramicist in Paris. She made me this urn with radish on top. Aww. Um, which is like the most amazing thing ever. And when we actually got Jean fixed last week and it's the same vet where we brought radish to be cremated and I, I just didn't have the heart to be like while I'm here can I also pick up <laughs> oh god wait so... radish's ashes were still <laughs> are they still yes. wait Nick be honest are they still there now yes oh, I just haven't had the I haven't I haven't had the heart Nick <laughs> you know what I mean Oh no! Yeah, I know you didn't want to I like know. trade them out. Nope. And then, oh, the other thing we have to talk well, about. Well, and the ra- radish we... really like that. I mean, you know, radish and I also have a special relate. Not to make this about yeah. me, but yeah, you're yeah. <laughs> no, it must have been hard for you. <laughs> <laughs> I do miss radish, Nick. I was devastated, and I just want to say, I know, like, I, know, I think I that you've been through the ringer. I mean, really, really, I, I the. I think it was pretty unconscionable to kick out a young family that just had a preemie newborn um, with... Yeah. Are you sure, and are you sure they you, give you in, six weeks? I thought they give you four weeks. It might have been four, but... It was like, um, it was literally like the 30-day like, notice. Like, they were dur- like, hi, it's at 30 yeah, days. Oh, no, no. It w- actually, you're right. It was It was like the day, it was the day like after we had paid our rent, like the only rent that we would have had as leverage, you know, like... um. And then he also ended up, like, we made all these improvements to the house, like, painted. I know, that's and, what I like, told you. I was like, we should and, like, all this, all this stuff. I know. And then he also took, like, half of our security deposit. He took half of our security deposit. Wait, because he made changes so to the house? Too. Yes. Oh, but you, you buried the lead. They moved back into the house. Yes. Oh, sorry, yes. To they they liked what we did so much. <laughs> Talk about single white femaleing. I know, I know. And did you yeah. hear? Did you hear? We're I'm starting a podcast with them. Glossier out. No, I'm starting a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I, oh god. Wait, tell me about what happened with Glossier. Oh, there's a book that came out about it. <laughs> <laughs> there is. There's a book that came out about Glossier, and here's what here's what I'll say. And I'm going to be very, very careful about what I say. (laughs) If I had known it was a book about Glossier, I would never have participated, number one. Number two, as someone who was there and could have provided facts, I was not asked for, well, maybe not even asked for facts. Like, the facts are wrong. The reporting is not good. There's timeline mistakes and character mistakes and I also think that this idea that there's some sort of a way to present a fair and balanced portrait of a you know female CEO and that it's going to land 
in a place where it's sort of like, you know, that it's somehow feminine, that there's like a way to sort of be a feminist and portray this story and then, and to sort of like think that and then to see all of the press around it, which is like the rise and fall of Emily Weiss. That's not how this game works. And I think everyone knows that. And I think it's to be a little disingenuous to say that, you know, you wanted to present a fair, you know, like a, you think she comes out off well or whatever, you know, like whatever. Oh, is that what was uh, said? Like the, I don't, I don't, I, I've like tried to kind of not listen to the interviews, but like, I just find it hard when they start talking about like, you know, the like treatment of uh, female CEOs versus male CEOs and sort of like how, like the fall of the girl boss movement and how it plays into all of this. And then it's like for the author of the book to say that she doesn't want it to be this sort of fall of a girl boss kind of story, but literally the headlines of the interviews with her are like the rise and fall of girl boss Emily White. You know, like it's, I, I just think that it's not honest. There's like nothing honest about that and certainly not the way that I was approached for the interview. But you know what I learned? You know what I learned? Mm. You don't want to be involved with anything. Don't, don't give in to your ego to be interviewed about anything. Never be interviewed. Well, I if wasn't, Nick, be, I wasn't interviewed and I... If you don't want to be quoted, never be interviewed. Even though she did, I didn't know it was about Glossier. I mean, it's not journalism. I mean, I think, I think people need to understand that it's fan fiction. I think Marissa described herself to me as a fan. Um, and I think to other people as well. Um, she did not reach out to me for an interview uh, prior to writing the book. So I think to... And from what I understand and what I was warned about um, from people that had participated in interviews with her before she reached out to me was that she wasn't, didn't reach out in an ethical way, was like not forthcoming with her, uh, even the subject matter of the book. I think she said that she was writing a book about a millennial, millennial beauty brands in general and like trends. It wasn't even millennial. No, no. It was just about like modern, like the modern beauty industry and how it's Mm -hmm. changed. Um. And I think, uh, I mean, she um, certainly didn't ask to check facts with me about facts that she, or things that she purports to be facts. Is that a word? Purports <laughs> to be facts, yeah. to be facts about me. She did not um, reach out to me to verify. Um, and I think it's really unfortunate that she is being um, given a platform as if she approach this project with any sort of fair and balanced viewpoint. I think that she saw an opportunity. And and like any sort of like journalistic integrity. And I know it sounds like we're shitting on it because we don't like how she wrote about us. And that's probably, there's probably truth to that. But at the same time, like there's some, I mean, there's facts unrelated to me or you that you and I both know. It's like that is not how that happened. That didn't happen at that time. That person wasn't there when she and, says and people, as people, fact. And you people know, like are that, getting that, credit that. for things they didn't do. Other people are not getting credit for things that they, I mean, it's just, it's, it's really, it's sad. I mean, it's, I think that there's a lot of interesting things that could have been said about that time, about startup culture, about, um, I think there's things that um, are unfortunate about, um, millennial brands, startups, that um, 
the, the scene in New York at the time uh, that are probably very salacious and, and interesting that have that don't have anything to do with tearing Emily down, with tearing individuals down. I think it could have really been yeah. a look at how millennial workers are. I mean, we're sold a vision on working at a startup and how startups did not, uh, I think, pan out how a lot of us thought. Well, startups and, are not, but, and also startups are not, engineered to be wonderful workplace you know like they're 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 engineered to be like the shiny thing that myth, like of course yeah. you want to do but <laughs> the like they're the not at their yeah. Co- yeah yeah but like at their core they're startups they're started by young people who don't have manager you know management ex- training or experience they're not structured in a way to like promote you know corporate develop you know like you know executive development and growth and with resources that make you know like that's not that's actually not that's the antithesis of a startup right that's like when you go to work at GE or you know whatever Coca-Cola or something you know like these like all you know like these companies that have uh you know figured out ironed out the kinks mm-hmm. and are run by seasoned executives who've had you know similar jobs at five other you know, Fortune 500 company, like, I mean, I, having never worked at one of those, <laughs> but I would just imagine, like, that's where you get this, like, very clear career trajectory or, like, yeah, like, startups, yeah, it's fast, it's loose, it's, there was a ton of money coming in, and, and the the other funny thing I'll say, I feel bad for Emily, like, I feel, and I know that I shouldn't, is she's great and she's fine and everything's fine and I don't even think she's reading anything about this that's going on but like it sucks to be written about and speculated about mm-hmm. in this way especially when she like gave the author a lot of opportunity to like mm-hmm. get to know her based on an un, you know like an untruth mm-hmm. about like what the book was going to be about at first mm-hmm. and like it can't feel good to read these stories and like what she did was major and she accomplished a lot. And did she do it like perfectly? And did she sort of approach every interview with every person, you know, in the right way? And, you know, like, does she have flaws? Of course. But like, ultimately, this is what I don't understand. What It's just like, what? I, it it's, it's can't feel good because it's like now that she has this bad taste in her mouth about this huge thing that she accomplished, or I would, I could imagine she could feel that way. But what, you know, what's, just like I, what's the headline? That's what I don't understand. It's like out of all the messiness of everything that, or the, the potential messiness of startup world, I, I think for a long time, people have contacted both of us, have tried to write articles around salacious stories about the inside world of Glossier and there just isn't a headline there. There's no there there. That's what I... I mean, like, this is like, this is my problem also, is the the spin that the author and her PR are trying to give it is that she's done this fair and balanced and that it's not a teardown. It's not an expose. It's, you know, all these things. And here, when you, when you Google Glossier book and you go to news... The Guardian, the complicated rise and fall of Glossier. There were missteps and there were successes. But when did it fall? This is so, I, and maybe this is just me That's, being it, ignorant. It, it, it has like, what is the? I don't. What is the fall? Da- the Daily Beast says glossy book charts Glossier and Emily Weiss's rise and fall. Um, I just think like if that's the headline, then you know we have to be honest about that and that's just like so not fair i mean it's the it's the misogynistic viewpoint on female ceos founders 
even women with jobs. And right, but it's like, but you can't just bl- you can't blame the the person who wrote that headline for that. Like, it's also the author of the book. Like, let's be honest. Like, it's all part of the machine. Well, that's how you Simon and Schuster like, is going to sell more books. I mean, it's just it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but I think the unfortunate There's thing like is, a, like, is, like, yeah. is people acting like this is some sort of. Uh, like intellectual look at life inside Glossier, and it's just not. Unfortunately, it's a it's no. it's it's a it's a adult version of a, the burn of a Mean Girls burn book is like essentially what it is. Kind of. And the other funny thing is, like, if I mean, not that I would have participated if she had been honest about what the book was about, but say she had been honest about what the book was about, and I did participate, at least we could have gotten some of the facts straight. <laughs> Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like, but at least we could have, like, actually, you know. It is really weird seeing pointed... seeing things that are just not true put in print and being like, "Is it? Are yeah, there just be it, rules it, against that?" I know, and you just have like, to think you, like, you can get I just sued. Hope... Like, are are people her publisher not worried about that? Because it's it's like anonymous you have former to prove... sources or what you have to. I, I guess you have well, to. Well, but some, like... some things are very easy. I mean, I I read something about myself that's very easy to disprove, but you have to prove damages, and it's like a you know whole what we thing. Say? You know, what we should say that we are not important. We are we are specks on a speck in a solar system and a galaxy that is one of many galaxies and solar systems and specks. They just found. We don't. They just matter. found aliens. Also, exactly from dust where we made, from dust where we dust made, and we to become. dust we shall be. And that is yep. Simon and Garfunkel, the real Simon and. <laughs> I was gonna say that is Simon and Schuster. <laughs> and that is my friends. Is the real Simon? That and my Schuster. friend. You know who that? You know who said that? That was Selena Gomez. Okay. Rare beauty, um, mental no. health, be nice to each other. That's all we got to say yes. about that. Um. Yeah, and so the last thing I'll say is this is not this is us. Yes, this is us being natural human beings. We also haven't about, really caught up on this officially live. No, have we, we we literally haven't. No, we haven't. So this is us complaining about you know the the you know these are champagne problems in some ways. But I mean, ultimately, ultimately, we're like you know two pages of four hundred and. Okay, well, I'm glad we got that off our chests, and Marissa's probably listening, and I'm disappointed that you didn't tell me the truth, but you know what? Life is long, and I forgive. I forgive you. Annie, do you forgive her? Uh, for, um, don't, I don't. Yeah, Annie, Annie, <laughs> Annie. No, I choose to hold grudges. No, 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 no. I choose to learn to forgive no i choose to learn from my past experiences and now i've learned what i what i i know about this person and that's and yourself myself what have i learned about myself life i don't know that i've ever done anything wrong um and so (laughs) (laughs) i i reflect a lot on i do but it's so funny because you know when you reflect on your life and i think you're supposed to end up thinking that you're a little bit of a bad person. I've done a lot of reflecting, trying to convince myself that I'm a bad person and I'm just not. It's not sticking. <laughs> you know what I mean? And my therapist I agrees. Think, here's what I think about you. He's like, I think about you is your, I think your bark is worse than your bite. I think, I think people that you think are that someone... I have a bark and I, I don't feel like I 
do. I think it's and it's I think it's just a wretch, you know, a resting bitch face, so to speak, where like your tone can imply like your tone implies displeasure. But that's not really what you mean. Did I tell you about my English teacher who hated me and like couldn't articulate why and it was it was literally my it was resting bitch face he was like i don't like the face that she makes in class i don't i don't like that face i don't like that face i like that face (laughs) yeah yeah which is hard for you to be honest because you can't change your face you can't change your face and if i did they'd get mad at me for doing it They'd be like, exactly. Um, no, she got blaroplasty. Yeah. She got buccal fat removal. She, why can't she just be happy with her face? Do you want to talk about? No. Speaking so, of, should we talk about the Victoria's Secret rebrand? Are you confused? What's where? Please. Who's touring? I, and where are we going? I don't. I think we're going. I don't know where we're. I actually don't. I don't think they've revealed where we're going yet. Um, I imagine it's to a televised fashion show. To me, like. I think we're, I mean, I guess we're all talking to ourselves with all of this stuff. Like, I don't think that, like, the people who were, like, tuning into the Victoria's Secret fashion show 20 years ago are, like, you know, with bated breath, look, oh my God, they got Paloma. Like, oh my, like, you know what I, like, I think that. No, but they're mad about, they're mad. Because it feels, like, condescending to, like, be like, okay, this, like, this plus size model this quadriplegic, this like you know redhead, like it's like it feels <laughs> like they're. Ch- <laughs> the fa- I mean, the as father this father, as redheads. the father of two redheads, mm-hmm. I can, mm-hmm. I just feel like, and I'm saying that not with my judgment, but sort of this, I like the, it's like this cavalier or like obvious I don't know. casting there was since, of like since we're not we're not that Victor we're not the like Candace Swanpole Victoria's Secret do you Secret. not remember Brazilian bombshell Cynthia Dickers she was a redhead with freckles totally yeah and that was like diversity at that point <laughs> Victoria, they really threw some curveballs in with the marketing for this which is they've been working with like photographers and stylists who were way out of left field I thought were very niche like Carlin Jacobs right well Carlin Jacobs Did but the then the stylist that does um, she's 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 like a visual artist that normally styles herself in um Andrea Mary Marshall? No. Um she normally I think she's I don't know what her medium is or what her um platform is normally. Okay, Michaela Stark. I'm sending it to you now, Nick. I don't know her. Um yeah, because she's quite niche. I think she normally uh, styles herself. Um she has is has like a voluptuous body, and she styles herself, and I think does like self portraiture, like a Cindy Sherman kind of thing. Well, but her her thing is that she manipulates the curves in her flesh to create really bizarre shapes and bulges, and she styles herself in these like really tight corsets and ribbons tied too tightly, and like nylons that are like very tight in some places and then not tight in other like you just it's just very i mean it's beautiful it's really like rubenesque um i feel yeah, like it's such very, a it's very cool. rubenesque um. no no it's very it's very cool it's uh it's all about like you know like curves and flesh and sort of like this uh goddessy like but classical goddessy vibe right yeah and um but the modern take is that like her flesh is like bulging out over like too tight like corsets and things like that. Corsets, yeah. 
so anyway, Victoria's Secret um, had, had her style herself and some other models in her kind of style that she does. And she posted some comments from people saying like VS used to make their hardcore fans drool over being skin tight thin to stay fit and go to the gym and be healthy. Everybody is beautiful, but VS was a beacon of inspiration back then of being exclusively sexy fantasy. Sorry, but bring back VS for what it was. No offense, but I can't buy from a big from big girl stores and I'm not crying about it. Why can't small frame girls have a store without it changing to accommodate bigger women? The bigger stores These are, are the comments yeah. about her picture, mm-hmm. under her picture. Yeah, yeah. Um so you have people like you have uh, supermodel truthers in the comments being like Victoria's Secret was a brand just for me and that's being taken away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, who is it for? Like, is that is that person like if you click through, is that does that person look like a bronzed goddess with like angel wings? It's a screen grab, and I'm not gonna look her up. But it's funny. I mean, but Victoria, you know, Victoria's Secret Angels did have that like crazy like Selena Gomez, Taylor Swift level fandom of like fan accounts that were obsessed with Candace and I mean, I can't remember the other angels' names. Uh, Giselle, Giselle, Candace, Adriana Lima. But who are the younger um, ones? Like the newer wave of like angels. Gigi. Gigi, but who am I? Like I feel like Elsa Hosk. Elsa Hosk. Yeah, they did all wear top hats at some point. Taylor Hill. Like they were like they, it was it was always sort of like there was a moment in the show that was always like sexy circus. Sexy circus. Yep. And they had the epaulets hanging off their shoulders, mm-hmm. but <laughs> their and they would like be holding out. like a bat- like a, a marching baton, you know, like it was sexy marching band. Like, no, you know what? No one's talking about is how bad the fashion was. It was pretty bad. Oh. Yeah. My question, and I don't, I don't care to research this, mm-hmm. but like, is Lex Wessner uh, the I think he's did he, is he the chairman of limited brands still? He's the guy who like, you know, what the Jeffrey Epstein associate who like is now no longer and maybe he's no longer at limited brands. Um but he was like sort of part of this sort of he hired Ed Razik, the guy who like there was the exposé about at Victoria's Secret who had like, you know, the weird casting couch stuff or Oof. casting all that shit. Anyway, my question is like Financially, is it all still benefiting Les Wexner? Like, are like people have been convinced that this is a new Victoria's Secret? That it like, but in terms of money, is the money still going to the people who created the first Victoria's Secret? Oh, he got the he got the Emily Weiss treatment. The first article that comes up, who less the rise and fall of a Les mighty Wexner? empire <laughs> created by Victoria's Secret. <laughs> Again, where is the fall? Where is the fall? <laughs> yeah, I mean, some a little bit of bad press is not a fall for a, a major brand that is, uh, by all other accounts, doing quite well. Also, Bath and Body Works—that's like I think the best performing. They're always doing well. Everybody buys yeah. Bath and Body Works. Bath and um, Body Works. Okay, what happened to Les? I think he's either like still the chairman. I I just want to know if he's still profiting from this because then everyone's been sort of tricked into like thinking that this rebrand is like supporting you know, unhomed, unhoused women and children or something. And it's not, it's still going to the people who caused the problem, I think. And and that's not, and I didn't Google that. It, it does. I mean, I was thinking about this too. Like whose job is it to put their foot down here? Mine. Is it the models that like 
have kind of created an image of like activist models? Is it their job to refuse a good check? No, because like, I know, I think that like make the money, make that money, take the money. It's it, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But maybe it's consumers with like our, you know, we, we, we're, our power is in our pocketbook. And you know who said that? Justin Bieber. Did he really? No. Him and my my two friends, Justin and Haley, were just in Tokyo while I was here. Um, oh my god, that must have been awkward. Okay, tell me, Chandelier Creative and Flamingo Estate are the same people? So uh, Richard Christensen, who created, who started Chandelier Creative, also started Flamingo Estate. Richard now is fully running Flamingo Estate here in LA and Michael Scanlon who had worked for Richard forever is running Chandelier in New York. Ah, okay. So Chandelier did Chandelier's Haley's latest agency. uh lip gloss campaign. I believe That's they good. did like the original branding too. Did they really? I think I think Chandelier did, hmm. but I could be wrong. Um okay, hold, should we get like what other are the what are the head, I know we've obviously missed so much. Um good. What, But like yeah. what are the other you know what? what? We haven't talked about the Barbie movie. Did you see it? Oh my, okay, yes, I did. And I do have thoughts. Did you see it? I did, and I would have walked out had I not been on like a cute little friend date and had copious amounts yeah, of like, I didn't like, salad yeah. candy to eat. I didn't, I didn't like the movie. I think Margot Robbie is such a stunning... <laughs> person like visually and also she's an incredible act like she's such a good actress like that entire movie is her face like the entire thing is her face like close-ups of her face and she just looks so incredible and she kind of brings the like gravitas that she brought to like Itania to the character and I thought she was incredible um no one's talking about the fact that like Ryan Gosling looks a little old nobody's talking about the fact that it was and i say that as an old person who looks old the whole thing was a chevy commercial it was a a blue ugly blue chevy commercial knock knock who's there a mattel commercial it was a it was a humongous exercise that makes that makes it feel like mattel their intentions were good Somebody. Or something like it's it's a corporate. It, it, you know what it is? It's it's a beautiful example of advertising and marketing done right because done right. We didn't, we didn't even know what we and no, but as a society, we didn't even know what hit us. Everyone saw it. Everyone loved it. All the reviews are wonderful. Oh. It's like a Trojan horse. It got in. It got in, and it will now insidiously cause us to think corporations are good. People fiending for this movie is like, do you, have you ever read about the dancing plague where like some people started dancing in like the medieval times and they couldn't stop and the whole town started joining in and all these people were like I think dancing. That's, I think that sounds like a nursery rhyme. I don't know if this is like a no, no, no. This this said. was no. This is a study on like the human condition. Like this actually happened. Um, let's. And this is what's happening now. It's about like how humans just kind of, it's like when sheep all jump off of a cliff together, Um, not to be Mm. like sheeple, but like that's what this is from dancing play. It's people being like, I can't think for myself. I'm going to join in this 
Okay, yeah. Thing. Dancing plague I, of 1518 or a dance epidemic of 1518 was a case of dancing mania that occurred in Strasbourg, Alsace, in the Holy Roman Empire from July 1518 to September. Look, they have dates, Nick. This happened. Somewhere between 50 and 400 people took to dancing for weeks. <laughs> and it was it part of a cult or was there like a bacterial infection that they all had? Like, what was it? Fleas? Here's some theories. There are many theories behind the phenomenon, the most popular being stress-induced mass hysteria, which is exactly what the Barbie movie fandom is. Oh, my God. Well, I was that's what I was going to say. That, that is stress-induced mass hysteria. I was going to say that I think it just came at the right time where, like, there was, like, a dip in COVID. People wanted to go to the movies. They wanted to, like, dress up and have an event and, like... There's been there. It's been like COVID was the last big cultural, you know. I guess like the Eras Tour and the formation, uh, the Club Renaissance, mm-hmm. um, Beyonce Club Renaissance tours were kind of like those. You know, I think though the, the the success and the sort of cultural, you know, like moments that those tours had are similar. Like we as a people were just like ready to like have something to dress up for. You know what I mean? And to like put on social and i think barbie benefited from that did you see oppenheimer i did i loved it yeah yeah i thought like and i have the shortest attention span and i like looked at my phone one time i like loved it i thought it was like the pacing you look at your good. phone in the theater nick sweetie i'm only human you're like the worst type of human. I can't with you <laughs> right now. I, that is like my biggest. Next to the people actually like I mean, talking I'll, during the movie, that is. I'll like turn down the brightness so that I'm not like disturbing anyone. Sometimes I go to movies just to so I don't have to look at my phone. Yeah, well. That's insane that you looked at your mean, phone. You know, in the, in the different strokes. Um, yeah, I liked it. It was kind of like reading like a good history book. I thought Florence Pugh was so good. I mean, yeah, she is, she can't help but be dramatic. I wonder what, I always yeah, wonder what she's... they're like in like in person. You know what else I wondered? I'm seeing all these news stories about Taylor Swift and um, is this just like a celebrity gossip podcast now? Mm-hmm. Taylor Swift and Sophie uh, Turner. Turner have been getting dinner together in New York. They both dated Joe Jonas. Sophie's like getting a divorce. Well, here can I ask? Can I ask a question? What? Um, here's my question. Mm, okay. My question is, when like, I know that you know most paparazzi pictures, like people call the pop, like the people being photographed have actually called the paparazzi themselves because, like, how in the world would the paparazzi be in that parking lot at the same time mm-hmm. as like that celebrity? But, like, when it's a global superstar like Jennifer Lopez or Taylor Swift or, you know, whoever, is it just, like, are the paparazzi always outside of, no, like, these restaurants? they're not. And they just happen? Or does, is Taylor Swift calling the paparazzi? Yes, she is. Because I live... Why? I live Why? down the street from the restaurant that she's being photographed in all the time. And there's no... There's never... So then why, but why is she, like, how, how is the, like, so, like, is her team, and have like, you noticed that they're always, like, dressed girl, really like, well like, every time? Like, if you're, even if you're a celebrity, you're not dressing, like, you're not having your well, hair I done. just don't understand what the, or, like, when there's pictures of, like, 
Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez like walking down a street in the Hamptons like and there's no one else on the street I'm like this is a stage picture but these are two of the most some of the most famous people in the entire world what do they have to gain from having another picture out that's how they stay famous baby really I understand if it's like you know you get a brand deal with Dunkin Donuts and so you you know call the paparazzi to like you know as part of the deal like I get how that sausage is made but like when it's Taylor Swift having dinner with Sophie Turner, why are they calling the paparazzi? Because Sophie's going through like a public divorce thing and Taylor is like extending she... her tour oh, and like has a movie coming out. So it's just like good. And it's she's good. and she's such a girl's girl that she's taking Sophie, her ex's ex, to dinner. Like it's all part oh, of like the it. image. Oh and like and like what did they talk about kind of thing. Yeah. And like look how great of a person. Like here comes like, and remember Taylor's, like, dinner where after she broke up with that gorgeous, gorgeous blonde actor, man, and... Joe Alwyn. And they, she went to dinner with, like, Ryan, what's his name? Not Gosling, but the other famous Gosling. Ryan. Reynolds? No, no, no. Reynolds. Reynolds. Oh, Blake. Yeah. Blake Lively and, like, probably the Haynes sisters and, like, probably Mindy Kaling. And then they all unfollowed um, the Joe guy after dinner. Like all at once or at the dinner or something and like fans speculated on like looking at who was following who and then suddenly it was like it's just like so contrived and icky. Um, in terms of beauty news, here's here's Sorry, I'm, I'm not such even gonna, like, We're gonna at our notes. I know I'm not I'm not gonna look at my notes. I'm just gonna try to think spitball of like what were the biggest stories. What's coming to me is Naturium selling to Elf the makeup company for like $300 million plus, which is a insanely amazing success story and exit for uh, Naturium. Mm-hmm. What else? Oh, Aesop sold to L'Oreal for like over $3 billion. Ooh, good job. Woo-hoo-hoo. Good for yep. them. Fuck yeah. Aesop, which started as already... an Australian hair care, like salon hair care brand. You know it's pronounced Aesop? The same. Um... And what else? Can we talk about the hype beast obsession with old white men? Like, if I see another, like... You mean, like, a kith thing with, like, Jerry Seinfeld Brian or something? Brian Cox and Larry David and who's next? Oh, you know what I got really sad about? They're making De Niro what? do an Uber commercial. I liked that moment in pop culture and celebrity news where it was like, Robert De Niro welcomes a new child. Like, then it was like, Al Pacino welcomes a new child. And then it was like, <laughs> I was like, all these like 80 year old um, actors are having kids, um, which was like a beautiful thing. You like that? Mm hmm. Okay. They still got it. <laughs> um, and then what else happened? Uh, did you? Did we talk about how um, our our fr- friend of the pod? <laughs> I'm now I'm gonna get canceled for a third time this episode. Um, Caroline Calloway is one of the biggest earners on OnlyFans. Like she's like. Yeah, I think. Oh no, we talked about it on our lost episode where I forgot to hit record. Did we? Oh, did we tell the audience about that? We actually did have an episode. We weren't gonna keep we you guys waiting for We did record an episode. <laughs> we did. And I and it was like an hour, and it was really fun and great. And then I just realized that I hadn't. And we were we talking were on, into microphones. We were like on. <laughs> it was probably our best episode. <laughs> yeah, probably our best episode ever, and it'll never see the light of day. 
Um, what else? What else? Did you watch the Supermodels documentary? Oh, I have, I, I have one. I have one for our end of the gloss girlies. Can we talk about the betrayal that is Daria Werbery doing coming back for a Gucci campaign and not for Phoebe Gucci. Philo's? Like, what is I going on? I know. I mean, I think I, and it also, the crazy thing is it looked Looks like like a Celine camp. It didn't look like a Gucci campaign. Um, I don't know. I think we're, and I think we're in a change, you know, of of, uh, an inflection point in fashion where like, we're not sure what the new aesthetic is going to be. Like, you know, the Demna Balenciaga thing is obviously out and the Gucci, Alessandro, Michele, like maximalism with pop culture has sort of like gotten tired. So I think now, I think now we're like waiting to see what Phoebe Philo with her own brand does. Like there hasn't really been that thing that's like, okay, this is the new thing that everyone wants. We And like maybe that new designer at Gucci will bring it. I think it maybe was the day we recorded today or yesterday the show but i don't know i think we're like we're like in a in a in a moment of flux is it going is it is it getting tom 40 again i don't Would i mean you? maybe it will i just feel like at this point i don't think so but i i it feels like it's going to take a little bit of time to like develop the idea it looks a little Saint Laurent. Oh, oh, um, by the way, my only other piece of beauty news was the um how Am- like the bankruptcy of Amaris, uh, the biotech company that started Biosance and then oh, JVN everyone's Hair favorite and uh Yep. There so like they were a biotech company that had created this and patented this version of vegan squalane out of like sugar sugar or something oh. um and we're supplying it to all of the big cosmetics companies no shit. uh squalane's like a um sugar it has similar properties to uh hyaluronic acid right it's a humectant i believe i think you're right but i think it's also like technically a sugar but don't quote me on that. It I is, yes. Oh, no, because they they were making squalene out of like sharks or some sort of fit. It was like or plankton or something like that was not vegan. I think it was sharks. They made a yeah. vegan one. They got they got super rich off of it, and then the CEO started got really interested in like celebrity in beauty and celebrity beauty brands. So they started Biosans with Sephora. That was a big success at that point. Then they bought uh, Francisco Costa's Costa Brazil. Um, then they, then they no created JVN hair way. and then they created, um, another, uh, more, uh, Rosie Huntington Whiteley's Whitley Whiteley, um, her makeup brand Rose Inc. Wait, and they went bankrupt? And they declared bankruptcy and they're like selling off all the brands. No yeah. And the CEO was kicked out. Yeah. No Okay, so here's my question: Why is nobody writing a fucking none book? None of them were doing, profitable. And why are they? Why are there no headlines about the rise and fall of fucking this thing you've never heard of with apparently a very dumb, dumb CEO that like had it all and lost it all? Got I know. Well, good. I mean, we can just leave that question out there. Oh, was he? Sorry, was he a man? <laughs> mm-hmm. Sorry, this is like the most yep. like fat fingered mm-hmm. take on the subject. <laughs> yeah. What else did we do? Okay, I mean, I feel like we can leave this episode as a catch up, and then we can really dive into news. We can do a really hard, hard 
intense news episode for next week so we can really do our homework but um, okay okay i'm like delirious I'm with that you you get get thee to bed I'm so um, tired. we will be back next week uh with a brand new episode we're back thank you for sticking with us um through our extended summer break your support on patreon makes this possible we love you patreon.com slash eyewitness beauty um i'm nick this is Annie. This uh, podcast is produced by Wes Haas. And you can find us on Instagram at eyewitnessbeauty. Until next week, stay sexy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Stay true. Yep. Stay honest. Be real. And, and be you. Be yourself. Be, no, yep. well, you. That rhyme, it was a good rhyme that you said. You ruined it. All right. Nighty night. Ciao. Uh, ciao. Bye. Bye.